Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. you know and they couldn't make prank videos and shit anymore and vine was slowly dying out they all started coming up with like fake rat beefs and shit and writing diss tracks to each other and you heard it i played it for you why why do you want to rap Dwayne? i don't understand i don't understand the need at your age and your your like peak stardom to want to potentially take <laughs> all of the social credibility you have by coming off with a bad bad verse bad 16 yo look i mean it does a it, lot to it, people's it, it, brands yo yo look at look at dipset right now you remember like when we were growing up in the 90s yeah cuz cuz i'm 31 i'm going to be 32 year right like yep. <laughs> let's just keep it a bit i remember back when rap was fresh yep. right like people who had no fucking business rapping <laughs> were all coming out with like these old like fucking Shaq. not hulk hogan nigga like what do i need to google it first of all rock you tried this once before with wyclef john don't think we forgot about it don't think we forgot about does it matter? I got a pocket full of cheese. You know uh, what oh I gotta say to the rock? Shut up, bitch! <laughs> I would love, I would pay money <laughs> to watch you walk up to the rock. Have you never seen that bit. little clip? Yes, I've seen that clip, but I'm just thinking about you walking up to the rock because you all are probably eye level right like you could literally look Dwayne in his eyes you might even be a little bit taller than Dwayne the Rock Johnson <laughs> be like shut up bitch <laughs> and then I have to hold the microphone up like this though shut up bitch to get thrown like a javelin across the fucking field <laughs> through a table through a fucking table Oh my god, that's the rocks music! Shout out Jacoby. <laughs> dun -dun -dun -dun. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yo, I did you so you What did you think of the Rocks first? I couldn't hear it because the production was such trash. Yo, whoever EQ Yo, whoever EQ'd that shit, whoever EQ first of all. If you are producing a song for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who, you know, carelessly posted a video on Instagram, or not a video, a photo on Instagram of how he 
casually ripped his fence out of the fucking brick post because it was making him late for work. Right? Ripped his automatic gate out of the fucking hydraulic hinges because he didn't want to. I wonder if The Rock supports the Ayatsi. Um, oh, I'm sure he does. Straight. I'm. <laughs> so my whole point here is, is if you're EQing a song for that dude, right? Who could probably like, like Sonic clap your fucking skull into a pancake? Yeah. Wouldn't you want to do a good job? Like, wouldn't you not want to piss that guy off? I'm pretty sure Tech Nine had a, that exact mindset, because clearly he wrote that. But he probably uh, was sitting. He was like, "All right, saying, all right, Dwayne. Are you Dwayne, insinuating that Dwayne, Dwayne sit down? All right, now I need to go bar by bar. This is how you say it. Just imagine Dwayne in like a school desk that like folds over. That literally and he's like, is how he rapped that shit, yo. Like it was bar for bar. Like it was punching after punching after punching. It's like, I mean, but for real though, you couldn't have gotten any more fucking like Eric B and Rockham with that first dog. Like it was, wow, wow. Mm. Is he ain't no joke? It doesn't matter! <laughs> the refugee camp and you're about to smell what the rock is cooking. You don't remember this shit? complaining about being in tune for a hip-hop song. Come on down to South Park now, I hear my first time. Friendly faces everywhere, total stuff now, self-centered. You don't even know, do you think anybody actually knows the lyrics to South Park? Coming down to South Park and I'll leave my friend behind. How much more of this are you just gonna continue to make up as you go along? Coming down to South Park while we rise up! You shoehorn that one in there. And crash through. This is Doc and Ziggy with the flood. And Doc, what do we do? We make mainstream make sense by putting culture in context. Into context. I've been pretty busy this week. You know, I got school getting ready to start here on the 20th. I yeah. got um, the baby coming next month. So we're in the house currently. The wifey is in nesting stages. So, mm -hmm. you know, my list of chores around the house is continuing to grow exponentially. It seems like every time I finish something, there are two more things added to the list. And then I finish two things and 
four more things have been added the to way the you just described it when you were like nesting stage it reminded me of, I was that's there. a phrase I immediately, from the women. immediately thought of the chimera hit arc from Hunter x Hunter wow wow <laughs> Well, it is a phrase I borrowed from the women. Um, that is what they often refer to it as when, you know, you get into the later stages of pregnancy. For all my new millennial dads out there or dads-to-be, when you get into the later stages of pregnancy, and this is my second time around with this trip, um, you know, the women start to, you know, look in all the nooks and crannies of the house that they have that they current, they used to pile things in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they want those things gone. And I don't mean just like gone, I mean like out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> if there is something wrong with the house, she will find it and demand that it be fixed. Lucky in style time, In time for the arrival of the baby. And, and we have- For the arrival of the baby? Duh, not the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, no, we'll talk about that too, cause uh, I watched that new Dave Chappelle, The Closer, last night. The last yep, of his I watched it a couple of nights ago. Netflix series, and um, it was Dave. It was Dave. It was Dave. I'm not gonna. It's, and that's not to say that it was bad, but it was. It was Dave. It was Dave. Um, we'll go there a little bit later. Um, you know, some and the Zuck got fucked. I was gonna say the rest of the world had a, quite a busy week. The Zuck week. got fucked. There's the biggest financial release of offshore and secret documents. Look, Mercury ever? retrograde ain't playing around this time. Zuck lost what, like seven billion dollars, and I mean he'll be fine, right? Like, let's not pretend like. That didn't do anything that maybe potentially make it so he has to spend two less weeks on his yacht this summer for vacation. The uh, servers for Facebook were down, which was like, what, like, a, uh, was that a DDS attack? Yeah, or, and it also hit Instagram and WhatsApp. Or was it a D or DNS attack? Because did it take down, it like completely, from what I remember hearing, the actual attack removed like Facebook's name from like the host sites or some wild shit like that. Like, the type of attack that it was made it so that Facebook wasn't even accessible through like, you know how you can sign in to your Facebook on other yeah. websites and stuff like you couldn't even do that. The way that the hackers initiated the attack, I guess particularly of interest, right? Or not of interest, but concerning right because yeah. the way they took down facebook has a lot of implications for a website as big as facebook right because in taking down facebook they also took down facebook's other subsidiaries like whatsapp and, and instagram, instagram right so you got that kind of shit if you've got that kind of power to take down like consider and then take into consideration like facebook is the internet in a lot of lower developed countries right like you know with the infrastructure that you remember when like mark zuckerberg a couple of years ago was like rolling out 
internet infrastructure in, like I said, lower income and lower developed areas and shit like that. And people found out that that internet infrastructure consisted of Facebook and then like a couple of other things like WhatsApp and shit like that. Right. So effectively making it that Facebook was the internet for those people. Right. That's kind of what happened in fucking Myanmar and shit. Right. Yeah. And so that when Facebook goes down in those areas, taking Myanmar into consideration, it might be a good thing. Right. But um, when it goes down in those areas, that is the Internet. The Internet is just down for a lot of those people. Right. So um, this Facebook thing was a little bit bigger than just a ha ha. Fuck it. Suck it. Oh, yeah. No, there's a giant ripple effects of like all the businesses that need Facebook and Instagram and things to Oh yeah, I saw I just saw an business. article um <clears throat> talking about how I think I'm it may have been like a BuzzFeed article that was talking about how Instagram shutting down post forced a lot of the um like Instagram boutique sites and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. People who sell things on Instagram like the Instagram marketplace. It to reconsider putting all their eggs in one basket i.e. Instagram, right? So now a lot of them... Philip Cabrano actually said something about this uh, on a recent episode. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was talking about just like you have to shoot your content out everywhere. Yeah, you really do. I mean, and Phil would know that specifically because of like the YouTube purge and shit like that, right? Phrasing, by the way. I realized that after I said it. Phrasing. But yeah, when the whole adpocalypse happened, right, and all of the MLMs and stuff started shutting down on YouTube Mm -hmm. and the YouTube gold rush finally came to an end, right, a lot of YouTubers realized that it wasn't just the end of the gold rush. It was like the end of the era of really relying on YouTube as your profit, right? Like now the rules and regulations to even become monetized on youtube are it's a much higher like uh ladder to climb yeah before you can start to get monetized on youtube which is why we need you guys to subscribe to all of our youtube channels and our socials at the flood pod on everything and that's on everything everything be alright, everything. Yeah, we all knew if I started singing, he was he was gonna. Yeah, and I couldn't think of the right song with everything in it. And that's on everything. <laughs> so, um, I have some good news for me. It also will bring me back to a hot take that I had months ago. The Red Hot Chili Peppers have announced a new album and a tour with their original guitar player, John Frusciante. Ooh. Ooh. So when does the tour just, start? Just to let you know, uh, so, all of the Chili Pepper songs you right, know right, are with are John Frusciante songs. Okay. So, Under the Bridge, Under the Bridge, Downtown, John Frusciante, Californication, by the way, Don't Stop, Dating California, Snow. I like that you assume that I knew more Red Hot Chili Pepper songs than Californication. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, just not by name, right? So, you weren't by all the way, way wrong. On my 
of the... I mean, the chili peppers are one of my long-time favorite bands. I mean, they're great, right? I By just, the way, is one of my Desert Island albums. He says not knowing, like, any... Uh, any of the titles of the Red Hot Chili Pepper songs other than Californication. That's that's real. That's that's just me keeping it. Is that it because you know you the song or is it because of the TV show? It's because I know the song. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. So, um. Yeah, no. Uh, it was on MTV all the all time. All the fucking time. And VH1 all the fucking time. Right. Um. So. But I'm excited for that, and I think they are coming. They're coming to FedEx Field, wherever the fuck the Washington football team plays. So, is it the Washington football team? Is Currently that the name still. that they? So they still are. They, they haven't f- officially announced that they're, they're going to be the Red Wolves. So, do you think why? What is the logic behind? Right? Like, why drag it out so long? Do you think Probably just... so that they don't just change it in the middle of the season. Right, why change it in the middle of the season? Why, that's what I'm wondering, right? Do you think it's, like, just legal I'm shocked they didn't have it done by this season. That's my point. And I'm wondering if they're just being held up by legal framework. Or if they are just going to keep the Washington football team. Playing. Right. And like I said, right? And go the soccer route. Yeah. With it. And Washington FT. It's, yeah, right? Fuck it. Since you guys complained about Redskins so much, we don't get to have a goddamn title anymore. That would be Dan Snyder. We are just the Washington football club. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Because 20 years down the line from now, somebody will get mad and say that Red Wolves is offensive to the furry community or something. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> okay, let's just go on. <laughs> This day in history, one week from today. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. That's what we should have started with. And here we are talking about furries and football. In 1492, Columbus docks in the Bahamas. So one week from today the fucking terrorist known as Christopher Columbus (laughs) introduced smallpox to the uh, island community. They looked cold. Wow, that didn't even happen there, but I mean, hey, shout out to imperialism, because... Because in 1813, Napoleon (laughs) was defeated at Leipzig by Prussia, Russia, and Austria, which Mm. was the largest pre-battle in Europe before World War One, Was that, like, one of Napoleon's first losses? I'm gonna guess no, because he was getting dealt with by three countries. Mm. Okay. Okay. In 1834, much of the Palace of Westminster Parliament of London is burnt down. Fuck, what is this? Wasn't Guy Fox? No, but it wasn't the dude that turned England against the monarchy? Thomas... English Revolution. Oh, Cromwell. Yes. It's fucking Oliver Cromwell. In 1834, much of the ancient structure of the Palace of Westminster, Parliament of London, was burnt down. Was that by Oliver Cromwell? (laughs) Apparently. Was it? No. Oh, for real. No, I was asking if you knew. Um, I, I guess now because... 
we figured out that you that we didn't remember the name. We don't know it was. When did you say it was? 1834. In 1834. No, because Oliver Cromwell died in 1658. Moving right along. In 1846, dentist William T. Morton demonstrates the effectiveness of ether. I want to say they did a dollop about this, right? Like, this is how we figured out, um, or this is one of the precursors to um, anesthetic or anesthesia and shit. 1859, on October 10th, John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry. Ah, ah, this is something I can get behind, right? Because, you know, fuck Whitey and all that. <laughs> oh, yeah, when I was writing a lot of these down, I was like, Doc will be all right with this one. If you don't know, John Brown was an abolitionist who, at the time, also actually happened to believe in equal rights for black people because, plot twist, not a lot of abolitionists actually wanted blacks to have equal rights. They just didn't agree with slavery, mostly for, like, profit reasons. <laughs> it's true. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> John Brown, though, was actually kind of labeled like a terrorist for a lot of the shit that he yeah. was doing. I'm not saying I advocate terrorism, but I'm saying if it's against slavery, is it really terrorism? No. Right? Right? I mean... So in 1863, four years later, Ulysses S. Grant was given command of the Union forces in the West. So four years after John Brown got on his shit. Damn. I don't like that escalation, right? Because I'm thinking about, like, now, right? And oh, I'm you want to see escalation? Wait till we get farther in here. And I'm thinking about, like, the January 6th riots, right? Four years, that's one presidential term, right? Yeah, I, I just want to put that image in people's head. You know, just, just let that sink in and sit on that for a minute. All right, so in 1901, Booker T. Washington was invited for dinner at the White House by Teddy and Edith Roosevelt. Okay. Okay, so we're, you know, we're making progress. A lot of people like Teddy Roosevelt, you know, walk softly, carry big stick, all that shit. You know, Teddy Bear Roosevelt, all that madness. Marketing wouldn't made him use stick. Walk softly, carry a big dick? Yeah. Is that what it... It could be. Big dick energy. Do you really think Teddy Roosevelt was walking around? I think big, I think Teddy Roosevelt had big dick energy. I'm not gonna comment on how big you think Teddy Roosevelt's dick is. All I know is that we <laughs> have lots of todays and histories to get through. And um, you can start 19- a whole nother podcast if you wanna write fan fiction about Teddy Roosevelt and his big dick energy. In 1923, <laughs> Disney Bros Cartoon Studio was founded. Damn, damn. So, 98 so, years ago today. Whew, Disney's almost... I'm surprised Disney isn't already 100 years old because it is very close to owning the world. Right? What year did you say? 1923. 1923. So, a whole 63 years after that Studio Ghibli would be founded. Right? 
And I only bring that up because I like to remind people that a lot of what you perceive to be as like classic anime art style was borrowed and heavily inspired by classic Disney art style. Yeah. It, I remind people of that not to gloat because fuck Walt Disney and fuck the Disney Corporation, right? It blows my mind, right? To know that, like, because I love anime, right? Yeah. And I also love Disney cartoons, but, like, Walt Disney was, like, a trash human being. And um, the Disney Corporation is slowly monopolizing all of entertainment. But they make great Marvel movies, though. They do. <laughs> In 1925, yeah. the Texas School Board bans the teaching of evolution. Damn, yo. It's so wild that you keep bringing all of, like, the things that you keep bringing to uh, today in history are, like, stuff that I have heard about, like, in being spoken about in the zeitgeist and, like, a lot of the podcasts and shit that I've been listening mm -hmm. to, right? Like, say that one again. In 1925, the Texas School Board bans the teaching of evolution. That is, oh God, what is the what is that uh, case colloquially referred to as? It's like fucking like the monkey something or whatever. Like, God damn it! All right, that's not important. What's important is is the fact that um, the court system at that time was like pretty heavily conservative and for them to I feel like them banning evolution it's kind of set the precedent for the fundamentalist like I guess ideology that we're still like combating today yep. in this country absolutely right? and like the way this country goes in waves of dealing with because there was also a time in this country after like the revival movement in the country that happened like shortly around the same time that this court case was going on there was like this huge like revival movement happening in the country this is when we get like the foundation of a lot of these christian fundamentalists and like preachers and stuff like this yeah I have, forgive me for not being able to like recall names at the moment but then like that shit like teeters off and those people begin to become kind of like outliers in society right and then like around the time of like Reagan is when we get like the moral majority which is like the pinnacle of them I guess organizing their power right like yeah. the the christian fundamentalist movement and i only bring that up and i'm only like harping on it because at the moment that is what we are dealing with especially when it comes to like the QAnon movement mm -hmm. and a lot of those things cross intersect i guess is what i'm saying you know things like the texas abortion ban which was you know overturned by that judge thankfully yeah um but it's still up in the air on how long that is actually going to mean anything 1925 wasn't really that long ago it's like two generations it. ago it, three generations ago we the fact that we're like right back there again that's kind of all i wanted was trying to draw attention to so in 1940 <clears throat> Let me get through all of these before you react. 
1940, Warsaw Ghetto was formed by German Governor General Hans Frank. In 1941, Germany marches to within 60 miles of Moscow. In 1943, Jewish quarter of Rome surrounded by Nazis and they were all sent to Auschwitz. And in 1946, 10 Nazi leaders hanged as war criminals after the Nuremberg trials. Now I see what you meant when I said earlier about that happening pretty, or that escalated pretty quickly, like, God, that was all in the span of like how many six years? Six years. Six years. Six years. A, the amount of like damage that was done is still like the ripple effects from World War II are still being felt. Mm -hmm. Like, like we right. talked about like, it before, where people were trying to compare slavery and the Holocaust, and we were just like, you literally cannot compare the two. One was extended over so long, and I then the other one was like a six-year massacre. I think Dave Chappelle would argue that you can compare the two. <laughs> but we will get to that. We feel like it escalated quickly, though, because we often gloss over a lot of the events leading up to World War II, right? Like, if you, yeah. if you really think about it, World War II was the culmination of a lot of stalemates and a lot of cold wars that it were going on It was gang turf warfare. We talked I mean, about this. Yeah. It was basically turf warfare. World War II was... Fresh a, after Prussia broke up. Right. But it was a slow bubble, is what I'm saying. It's like, it was a bunch of, like, small incidences that led up to one huge, two huge major events, mm -hmm. right? And once again, I bring that up because, you know, here we are sitting in this country right now where we have had lots of small-scale incidences culminating into one attempt at a large-scale event being the January 6th riots. And, you know, we continue to have, like, mass shootings and culture conflicts throughout the country and i just want people to be aware and all of that happened within six years six years i, I, I just i keep i just want people to be aware and acknowledge the fact that midterms are up next year stay vigilant <laughs> so i have two others that are really important in 1962 the Cuban Missile Crisis begins. In retrospect, how serious do you feel like the Cuban Missile Crisis really was? The Soviets had missiles in Cuba that could have gotten to Florida within minutes. But do you really think that they were about that? Like yeah, well, they hit Florida. Do you really think the Soviets, do you think that Fidel Castro was really about that life? Or do you think it was a flex for like political collateral or for political collateral? I think it depends on how Khrushchev felt. Fair enough. And 1968, Tommy Smith and John Carlos at the Olympics do the Black Power salute at the first and second placement stands in the Olympics. And the struggle continues? I mean, look, what else do, should I say about that shit, right? Other, yes, it was a very impactful moment. 
and it is a very iconic moment. Here today we are still dealing with the heavy police injustice and you know and the racial discrimination in, in the justice system. That's been going back to 1859 even farther back when John Brown tried to fight against this shit at Harper's Ferry. So putting all of that into perspective <laughs> as we roll into some of today's discussions Keep that in mind that, you know, a lot of the change that we feel is foundational to where we are at now in society is not that old. This country isn't. Nope. And this shit is not normal. Bye, guys! Bye. Speaking of spooky movies... You know what's scarier than spooky movies? Ooh, ooh, um, um, drones. Real life! Oh, well, I mean, that's kind of what I'm Especially about. in Russia or Florida. Oh, here we go. go here we go what you got for me this week zig you got something hot all right i will it? let you know once again one of these is fake okay i appreciate the disclosure right up front so that way i'm not you know going into this blinded like you know some kind of squid game or something like that man performs snake swallowing trick Okay. And um, dies from getting bit on the tongue. Right off the bat. Right off the bat with the fucking absurdity. What kind of backwater bayou bullshit is that? Are you saying it's Florida? No, it's Russia. It is Russia. Because in Florida, they know good and well by now that unless you were part of that weird, which is mainly like the Tennessee region, right? Like that's like- I've seen Florida people, they just don't give a shit about reptiles anymore. Well, yeah, but they also, how many of you them- You saw the video seen? of the, the Florida guy putting the gator in the trash can, right? Yeah, but he wasn't dangling it in front of his fucking mouth though. Yeah, that's fair. Florida people are to reptiles like Russian people are to bears. So, also, are snakes reptiles? Yeah, they are. Lighthouse. <laughs> Man arrested after cat brought onto a plane was found to have drugs inside of it. Can you read that headline one more time? Man arrested after cat that he brought onto a plane was found to have drugs inside of it. Who narked on that cat? <laughs> I just want to know, like, who the fuck, how do you, was the... I'm guessing an x-ray. Was the drug hound, do they x-ray your animals? Oh, can you imagine a drug hound sniffing a cat's ass and hoping that that goes well? I would have thought it would have went well, right? Like, I feel like this was a foolproof plan because if the drug dog <laughs> sniffs a cat, they're just gonna be like, oh, it's a fucking cat. Of course he's gonna sniff it, right? 
But apparently, Lassie spent a little bit too much time around that cat, and they were like, hey, um, can we One fine day with a whistle on a bird. Can we x-ray your cat? Cat I hated that cartoon. I actually was a big fan of Cat Dog. Not big. Angry cartoon. Beavers was my shit. Angry though. Beavers was god tier. But yes, how, how, how did they find out that the cat had drugs? In it? I don't know. Damn it, man! I hate. I read it some of these, it. but that was I not one that I read. <sighs> Next. Oh, you had to guess. You had oh, to guess. Oh, Florida. This is Russia. Damn it. So, man kills fiance and stages body in a supermarket parking lot. That's really dark. Yep. Also, I'm gonna say Florida, because do they have supermarkets in Russia? It is in fact Florida, and I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's an American. Thing. I feel like you don't have to, you can't buy ice at a Russian supermarket. What? Because ice is all around there. Ding, 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 ding. Oh man, I really wish the camera was on so y'all could see my face. Man killed brother and sister-in-law because his brother administered COVID vaccines. Read that one more time, please. And this is totally Florida. This, like, is, this is Florida. Before I even hear this headline again, this is definitely Florida. Not to say that there aren't COVID deniers in Russia, but... Man kills brother and sister-in-law because his brother administered COVID vaccines. So, not gave him a COVID vaccine, but... He found out that his brother was administering COVID vaccines. So he said, I've got to take him out myself. Yeah. This is some Phoenix Jones shit. Damn. Damn, not Phoenix Jones, though. Because he turned out to afterwards become a pimp, right? I mean, but that that's why I said not Phoenix. Yes, he was a pimp and a drug dealer the whole time. <laughs> But no, this is this is some QAnon shit, Joe. What you mean? Like, yup. This is definitely some QAnon shit. I don't even have a joke about that shit because it's just sad, right? Like this dude was doing a national service despite how some of our listeners may feel. Damn, that's that's dark. That's fucked up. Rest in peace. Man with a Florida tattoo on his forehead called emergency services for a ride home twice and it wasn't the word Florida it was the shape of the state this is the red herring isn't it no this is a real Florida story you so this is a Florida this I mean, is a real Florida story I'm upset that you even thought to throw this in here you just did just because he had a Florida tattoo on his face didn't you and because I thought you would say it's the red herring damn it Damn it. Am I that predictable? Huh. Man burns down house after lighting aerosol on fire to see if they were lying about it being flammable. This sounds Russian. 
This sounds vaguely Russian. And no, Russian listeners, I am not saying that you guys are subpar humans of any kind. What I am saying is that vodka is a motherfucker. And <laughs> only vodka. And I, I stand by that. I will die on that hill. Only vodka will make you do something stupid. Like light your house on fucking fire. Trying to prove everybody wrong. This is fake. Fuck you. Fuck. You piece of shit. What is that, an Onion article? Nope, I made that up. Oh. I straight up made that up. Look at you. Aren't you a regular old George Orwell? I saved the best one for last. Man trapped on Chinese reality show voted off after three months. This feels Canadian. This is Russian. Damn it. Man, well, I mean, okay, because, yeah, China's pretty close to Russia. I also right? only told you one of them was fake. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you didn't include a Canada. In I there. would have said that it was there was a Canada. I would have said that there was I'm a I'm not Canada. that mean. All right, so... Repeat the headline again. Man trapped on Chinese reality show... These heads Voted off so after wild. three months. Man trapped on Chinese reality show. How the fuck do you get trapped on a reality show? That's the part that I was like fucked up on, right? Like, I'm like, how the fuck do you... Did they say trapped on an island? How the fuck do you get voted off of three months... After three... So, three months. That's a long fucking time to be trapped in a reality show, right? And to just be forced to participate in this shit. Is this, is this a squid? This isn't fake, right? You said this isn't fake because this, this, is like, this, like this, is like this, this sounds like squid. This is not fake. This sounds like squid. Russian man trapped on Chinese reality TV show finally voted out after three months. A Russian man who joined a boy band competition show what on the Chinese. Fuck? Join a boy? How do you accidentally join a boy band competition? Let's find out. A Russian man who joined a boy band competition show on Chinese TV on a whim, but quickly regretted his decision, has finally been released from his ordeal after making it all the way to the final. He made it all the way. That's what I said. Three months is a long fucking time to be on a show that you accidentally got hooked into, right? Like, could you imagine being accidentally wandering onto the set of fucking American Idol and making it to the final fucking round, right? Before people were like, this guy doesn't belong here. Well, Vladislav Ivanov, a 27-year-old part-time model from Vladivostok, was working on the show Produce Camp 2021 as a translator when producers reportedly noticed his good looks and asked him to sign up as a contestant. Excuse me, what fucking ABC Family movie is this? Ivanov told the program he had been asked 
if I'd like to try a new life and agreed, but quickly came to regret his decision. No. Unable to no. leave on his own will without breaching his contract and paying a fine, he instead begged viewers to send him home and deliberately performed poorly in hopes of being voted off. You're not fooling me. This is just promo for he's all day. <laughs> That's all this is. How the fuck, excuse me, what the fuck do you mean they noticed that the translator looked dashing and <laughs> the fuck? So he was just over there translating from Chinese to Russian and they were like, hmm, the way he does that is very captivating. Sir, would you <laughs> like to become a K-pop star. <laughs> Using the name Lelouch, Ivanov told viewers, don't love me, you'll get no results, and repeatedly pleaded with people not to vote what for him. Oh fuck. So it's like, <laughs> please don't make me go to the finals, I'm tired. So it's like South Park, right? Where like, Garrison doesn't want to be president anymore? I hope the judges won't support me. While the others want to get an A, I want to get an F, as it stands for freedom. <laughs> And you know that the internet probably just saw that shit and was like, yeah, we're gonna get him. It's some Bodie McBoatface shit. <laughs> His pleas went unanswered, however, and he was propelled through three months of competition in ten episodes, plus supplemental digital content. How the fuck does that even happen, right? Like, can, can he, could he not legally, like, leave the competition? Was That's why I said this sounds like some Squid Game shit. Like, it does. If he leaves, if you leave, you die. A fan base which had taken to his grumpy anti-celebrity persona, or were perhaps driven by Sheldon fraud, urged each other to vote for him and let him 996, in reference to China's digital industry culture of chronic overwork, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week. Others called him the most miserable wage slave and celebrated him as an icon of Sang culture, a Chinese millennial concept of having a defeatist attitude towards life. So this dude became an accidental icon. Yup. That is the most peak Zoomer shit I have ever heard, my nigga. <laughs> like, they literally kept this dude hostage on a fucking game show for their own amusement. Russian media reported that Ivanov had been mobbed at Beijing airport as he left the country, defying rumors he would stay to build a modeling career. The dude didn't want to be there in the first place. <laughs> right? They held this dude hostage for their own amusement as like a protest against the establishment. That's how far, that is like the most left wing Radical shit. <laughs> Suddenly a real live person appeared on this show and people started to vote for him. Partially because he stands out from the other contestants, but mainly because it's just Keck. Exactly. Exactly. They did that shit for the lols. And honestly, you know, I'm really starting to feel like he participated in this. As much as he made it seem like he didn't want to be on the show, he thought it was funny too. And he was like, yeah, you know what, let's see how far I can go pretending like I don't want to fucking be here. Like, <laughs> Oh, troll culture. 
Shout out to troll culture. Speaking of troll culture, let's roll right on into the closer. We're not gonna close out on the closer, but we are going to talk about Dave Chappelle's after break. Final stand-up after break. I didn't actually say my hot take earlier, and I said it before to you a long time ago. Hot chili peppers are the new Rolling Stones. Mm. You're not gonna like my hot take. They have been around forever. They're still going strong. They can still perform hella well, and they have a ginormous catalog. Okay, I see your argument. And, and they can still pack stadiums with just the catalog they have now. I see your argument, and I raise you Outcast. You think Outcast is the new Rolling Stones? Yes. They're not together anymore. They can't be the new Rolling Stones. Are That's the Rolling Stones still together? Mick and The Keith. ones that are still alive. So, is it not fair to say that Big Boy and Andre are like Mick and Keith? Are they still touring? I mean, they just did Coachella. Like, what? Are they still like, like touring? years ago. Are you, you're telling me that the Stones are I've still touring. I've been doing touring. it for 70 years. They're still touring consistently. Yes. yes! Consistently, every year. Because, I mean... Big Boy and Andre, like I said, did just do Coachella, which I feel like is big. Also, you really think that they have... I mean, yeah, they probably do have the catalog. Their, their catalog is... Ah, I was getting ready to say, boy, don't you even start. Their catalog is... Their big. catalog is fucking Equimini, AZ Aliens. Yep. Come on, yep. man. What? Yeah, Stagonia. Underground, Thunderpants, Come on. Not off the ground. And that's not even getting into everybody's fucking favorite, like the fucking uh, speaker, speaker box, box and Love Below. Below, right? And I don't even really care for those two albums particularly. <clears throat> but y'all not gonna sit here and pretend like that if they do the verses between Outkast and Rolling Stones. Out Look, you, you about say, to get mad at me. <clears throat> you about to get mad at me. Here's where- No, I, I got one. Here's my hot take. Because I think Outkast is probably a bad comparison. Because I'm talking about like flat out like longevity forever, and they're kind of just like one of the bedrock pillars. I feel the hip hop like equivalent of the Rolling Stones would be the Wu Tang Clan. Is Public Enemy? Ooh, eh, yeah. Okay, if we're going <laughs> there, right? I'm thinking versus battle, right? And I'm just like versus battle, Outkast versus the Rolling Stones. Like, cause first of all, I think Big Boy and Andre would totally be down for that, right? And I feel like Mick and Keith would totally be down for that. But I feel like it really just comes down to who pulls the most bitches. In a versus battle? What's a what's a rock group that you think could take on a hip hop group? Or or even just Limp a singular hip hop artist, right? Okay, who would you put in Limp Bizkit in against? Because I know we've done rock groups that you would want to see in a versus battle, but what's a rock group versus like a rapper or a rap group that you would want to see? Actually, I said Limp Bizkit as a troll. 
rock groups I could actually see like playing like angry back. I could see Chevelle. Chevelle feels like I, I feel Versus like Chevelle who? would take no shit. Versus who? I could see like Chevelle versus Damn, this one really making you think, huh? Alright, so if you had to put the strokes up against a rapper. Strokes would be a terrible battle band. Oh, you think? Damn. My man said no, I would not even put the strokes in a battle because they would get eaten alive. No, they're too cool for it. They're too cool for us. <laughs> okay, so No, like this is how it'll go, right? So like they the other people go or the strokes go first. Like they're just sitting there after they're like, yep, hanging out with their uh, instruments. Hip hop group goes, they go all over the place. Strokes don't move. They start playing the song and then halfway through and they're just like, what are we doing here? And they just take their shit and walk off. So they would be, they would try to win the battle by being anti-establishment. I feel like that's a corny move. The who? The who versus who, though? <laughs> Three Six Mafia. Wow. Okay. Damn. Crazy rock band versus crazy hip hop group. That would actually be pretty intense. I feel like. <laughs> because the who like destroyed instruments on stage. Yeah, and. Three Six Mafia is almost like single-handedly. Pete Townsend would just be like, <laughs> spinning his hand all the way around windmill on his guitar. Dude, could you imagine hearing fucking Chicken Head played after? Because uh, didn't the Who do Pinball Wizard? Yeah. Could you imagine hearing Chicken Head played after Pinball Wizard? <laughs> it would fucking be great, yo. It would be such a like dynamic shift that like. People's brains would scramble. <laughs> It'd be like the weirdest fucking Coachella concert ever, right? Damn, yo. That'd be like hearing fucking Cardi B after Frank Sinatra, right? Now, bands that are, like, still alive? Yeah. So, like, if you had to put, like, some 41 up against a rapper in a versus battle, if you had to put... My Chemical Romance up against a rapper who was also popular at that time. I could see Green Day versus the Locks. Mm. I'm sorry, but the Locks is eating Green Day up. Um, yeah, music get bullied by. <laughs> I could see Green Day versus Dipset. See. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that those two wouldn't work though because they've already played right. Like the whole, I, I feel like part of the whole, I guess, pull of verses is being reminded of all of these songs that you haven't heard in a while, right? In this person's discography, so like, I would put like Green Day up against like a Chingy. <laughs> No, yeah. right. I can. I, 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 I'm sorry, yo. I know there are people, especially in the flood chat, who were like, "Did you just put Green Day in a versus battle against Chingy, my nigga?" <laughs> That's so disrespectful. Doc, what are you doing? 
<laughs> all right, I'm gonna try to throw some that are like arrow matching. All right. Okay. So, let's go with Guns and Roses versus Big Daddy Kane. Okay. Okay. I can get with that. Right. Um, uh, ain't no half stepping versus a little welcome to the jungle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's go with the offspring versus what what era was that? Offspring. Mid nineties. Mid nineties. So damn, who's big in the mid nineties? Shit, I feel like there's a lot of places I could go here. Like, oh, ooh, Offspring versus Coolio. It's like, <laughs> no. Offspring is, that's disrespectful to the Offspring. Wow, the Heat. I did think of the, um, the Strokes, who the Strokes would go against. Go against. Okay, who would the Strokes have gone Tribe against? called Quest. Look, I'm not trying to sound biased, but I feel like once again the strokes are gonna get eaten up by tribe, dog. Like the vibe, they can match the vibe. I feel like Offspring versus De La Soul, then, right? That's not a good sound matchup. You think it's too distorting of a sound shift <laughs> of a sonic shift? Who would Nas go against? That's what I was hoping you would do. Because it doesn't matter, because Nas is going to come out on top every That's the... Match. Right? Like, if I'm matching Era, the only band that comes close in Impact is Nirvana, right? Nas would appreciate that. <laughs> like, that's the only rock band I could be like, they could go... Like, they were... Yeah, cause like they were on the same level in their genre as Nas was in his impact. That's yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like man, like just the impact. Mm, it would be, it would be close. Cause the '90s were it, weird, it would, right? It would certainly be edged in Nas's favor. But like Will Smith I would was say still a big Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. Okay. I would put them up against maybe like a Buster Rhymes, right? Smashing Pumpkins against uh, Buster against Rhymes. Buster, I feel like that's disrespectful to Buster Rhymes. You don't know, Smashing Pumpkins are amazing. Okay. Also, they have oh, a no, diverse sound. No, okay. I was thinking of who is it? Hey, now you're an all-star. Smash Mouth. Yes, I was thinking of Smash Mouth. No, 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 My no, no, bad. no, 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 no. Smashing My Pumpkins. <laughs> Somebody's. Fucking! I love how like weekly we make at least ten people's heads explode. Cause Mine it's like, right now. <laughs> Smashing like, Pumpkins made my favorite song. My man is like, how dare you confuse Smash Mouth with Smashing Pumpkins? <laughs> I think, I think out of context, it's very easy to confuse the two bands, right? Like if I was a um, a caring dad shopping for his son. And all I remembered is that his favorite band had the word smash in it. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Did I just hit on like a personal memory just now? And somehow the dad ends up giving the kid a wham CD. Is that what happened? <laughs> I'm so sorry. No. I, although to say, you know, George Michael was- My first CD was Hybrid Theory by Lincoln Park. Damn. 
That's crazy. Some of my other first early CDs were Green Mind by Dinosaur Jr. Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone Age. Shit. You had some pretty tight ones. I had like... Willennium. <laughs> well, I mean, so many people's first CD was the Hybrid Theory. Nice and smooth, best hits. Like... Album still holds up. Still holds up. So did you watch Dave's Closer? I did. I watched it a couple of days ago. So... As a white man, how did you feel about it? I... <laughs> Definitely laughed hard at a lot of the parts. <laughs> okay. And, you know, you know how I've kind of, we established a long time ago what a clear person is. Listen, it's a man's game. And you can't play. What if I tried really hard? Can you keep it down? I'm trying to hit this ball. It's because I'm white, isn't it? No, Larry's white, so what? Larry's not white. Larry's clear. I kind of watched it I as think Dave a clear would call person. bullshit on that, by huh? the way. I said, I think Dave would call bullshit on that, by the way, after watching the stand-up. Not to say that you're not in your right to make the argument to Dave, but um, after watching the stand-up, how did you feel? How did I feel after watching Dave's stand-up? Thinking. Thinking! <laughs> it, I felt... Very like thinking. <laughs> he picked your brain berry, did he? Yup. Did he bruise it? Because I feel like he bruised a lot of people's brain berries. <sighs> Me, personally, I wasn't offended. This is Me, personally. So, I'm about to say something, and I... Like Dave, I want people to listen to what I'm about to say before they react. This was a psychological attack. And I say that in the most admirable way. Like, I don't think that he was intending to be malicious to an extent here, right? Like, there were clearly people who he was retaliating or against. Yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, y'all heard this man's feelings and he made three specials about cancel culture. <laughs> and it's not necessarily all the way wrong. No. Right? Because there were definitely some jokes in there that I felt like were a tad bit cringe. Dave has always kind of had like slightly cringe humor. Right. Yeah. So let's acknowledge he's going that. To he's going to try to make you uncomfortable. Right. I mean, he's always tried to make you uncomfortable. That is why he paid somebody to melt a lighter on set, or melt a light, to use a lighter to melt a Snickers bar on set to make it look like shit in the corner. Right? So let's not, for a second, forget who we're talking about yeah. here when we are talking about this stand-up. Um, Dave has always been a crude humor comedian, but I do feel like this is like grand master level and I'm, excuse me if it sounds like I'm like, you know, sucking this nigga dick or yeah. whatever, no homo, but I do feel like this is like grand master level trolling here, right? Yeah. Like, 
let's keep it a band. What this nigga did was satire to its like pinnacle. It was almost like the fact that he kept like one of the things that I focused in on was the fact that he kept harping back to, but I'm transphobic, remember? <laughs> like this stand up, this last round here. I felt like so the name the closer is the perfect analogy for or the perfect wording for the analogy I'm going to use. It's like Mariano Rivera, the old closer for the New York Yankees. Okay. He threw one pitch his entire career. Split finger, cut it. One pitch. Only pitch he ever threw. You know it's coming. You still cannot hit it. You know what Dave's going to say, but you're still shocked by it. I didn't know what he was going to say. I actually kind of hoped... I went you know into what I, this... Like, he's always going to be, like, Dave. But you're always... It's like, you're always going to be left I wondering. get what you're saying. But what I'm saying is I went into this kind of hoping that he was going to leave, like, the LGBTQ stuff alone, right? Because I do feel like... Like, he feels that it is harmful to his brand, right? Mm -hmm. But I also get the idea as a comedian, right? Like, as looking at it from the perspective of a comedian the stature of Dave Chappelle, it becomes a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. To make it funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> no matter how necessarily, it be, it's not a matter of should we have done it? It's, can we do it? Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Um, but in Dave's defense, I definitely feel like he should. Yeah. Because, as He's I He's one of the few that can push the boundaries. He's one of the only people who's ever truly beaten the system. I feel like, but Dave, to me, to me, in my opinion, I feel like Dave perfectly demonstrated why he can do that. Because he does it from a place of empathy. Dave does not go up on stage to make harmful jokes. Dave finds things funny, so he makes jokes about them. Yeah. Right? That's the difference between Dave and a lot of other crude comedians that he came up with. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think where Dave got offended was the fact that those that was misconstrued. Yeah. Right? Like he was trying to be harmful and hateful. And he's like, no bitch, I'm a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> I tell jokes for a living. Like, I found something funny about this, so I wrote a joke about it. I'm sorry, you didn't find it funny, but I'm not saying that the trans experience isn't real, right? Like I'm saying that I can be a turf and still accept that the trans experience is real, is what Dave was saying. And that's hard to cut through in the middle of a fucking comedy show, right? And the initial impact of the statements that Dave made are going to be it's going to take a long time for people to, and I don't know if people are ever actually going to care to really dissect what Dave was trying to say here, right? But 
Dave demonstrated perfectly how to have a controversial opinion in a post-PC world. So, I wanted to pick up on my closer analogy. Go ahead. You remember his first stand-up special on Netflix? <clears throat> Which one was that called? Where he's like, I walk into my house and I write a punchline and I just throw it into a fishbowl and then I grab one out and I write a joke and I pulled this one out and it's, so I kicked her in the pussy. And he does like five to seven minutes before he then hits it. He told you the pitch is coming. The entire time. He said this shit is gonna get worse, right? This was Dave. I, okay, so here's where I, one thing I think people are really missing, right? Like it feels like this is an assault on PC culture, but I really think that it's the opposite. I think this is Dave's assault on all of those comedians who are claiming they can't get away with telling their jokes because of PC culture, right? Like Dave went up on stage and told how many Jew jokes? A lot. <laughs> and people are still coming at him, right? Everybody's gonna write their dissertations or shit like that, right? Like everybody's getting a meal off of the shit that Dave said, right? But like Dave said, Twitter ain't real, right? The only, but, 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 as Dave also pointed out, you can really get canceled out this bitch. And yep. a lot of your favorite controversial celebrities haven't really been canceled the way that they canceled the baby. <laughs> if you want to see somebody really get canceled, that nigga may actually be one of the first real examples of somebody getting canceled, son. <laughs> um, what did the baby do? I mean, you know, he went up on stage and said a bunch of very hateful and regressive rhetoric towards the homosexual and LGBTQ community. Oh, um, he was rapping DMX lyrics? <sighs> wow. But I think that Dave also addressed some very important points that get kind of swept under the rug in the rise of social justice culture, right? And the overcorrecting that we always talk about? Well, it's overcorrecting that kind of sweeps under the rug some very nuanced arguments that need to be ironed out, right? Like when he talked about uh, Sojourner Douglas and her impact in the feminist mm -hmm. movement and how she was kind of like ostracized from the movement because she was also still preaching you know like black equality yeah. and black rights at that time and gay men will like code switch when the time yeah. comes relevant for them to use their privilege and you know how the gay community has had such success off of you know a lot of Borrowing a lot what did from he say? Others. He's like, you're gay until you need to be white? Well, yeah. I mean, that is one thing that he did say, and I, it's something that I don't feel like needs to be ignored either, right? Like, when we are doing... But 
I also feel like that is so this hits on to a whole nother tangent right that I don't have time to go into but I'm gonna hit for just a second because it's a, I feel like it's very important the left has so much fucking infighting right that that it is the re it's one of the main reasons why it has been so hard to topple the far-right conservative movement in this country right because they have uniformity like nobody fucking believes them niggas is Voltron right <laughs> the second white supremacy needs to fall in line you best believe they will fall in line and you will have neo-nazis with kkk members with christian fundamentalists with q supporters and shit like that all because they want to get donald trump fucking elected right because fuck hillary clinton right but like the left the left couldn't even fucking as much as we agreed with like bernie's fucking rhetoric and shit like that and as much as we agreed that fucking joe biden probably wasn't the best president we still couldn't get our shit together long enough to like topple the establishment in favor of fucking bernie sanders or even elizabeth warren or like fucking even pete Buttigieg, right like the fuck like no we ended up with joe biden anyway and who who we can all agree was probably like fifth on the list of people that the US millennial population actually wanted as fucking president. The infighting is part of the reason why I think we have such a hard time at actually forming like left wing. I saw, uh, I think it was like a second thought video on YouTube that uh, proposed the idea that there is actually no left wing party in the United States, that the Democratic Party is just a centrist right party, and the right wing party is more like a far right party, <laughs> or, or if we're being nice, like a conservative party, right? Yeah. So, and I, once again, I think part of the reason of that is because we, we, we can't, like, all the identity politics and shit, like, causes so much disruption and and that was one of dave's major points yeah and yes i mean and to his to you know to his argument he did make that point that we do get caught up in identity and a lot of this shit isn't handled the way that it should be handled and that it used to be handled when real activism was done but people get and i'm not saying that there isn't real activism being done right now but those people I, we don't know their names <laughs> they're not the celebrities that we talk about instead we talk about celebrities you know mm -hmm. so continuing to talk about the celebrity <laughs> i think that this will be Dave's last stand-up. And as I was telling you, I and he said it for the most part, it is going to be his last stand-up. And he's done talking about the LGBTQ community after this because he said all he can say at this point, right? I do feel like in a little bit of pushback, his as endearing as his story about Daphne was, I do to a point feel like it was a little bit I have a trans friend that's not to belittle his experience with this trans person right yeah. like I do feel like he knows good and well that some of his talking points will be misinterpreted 
right? I'm sure and he knows that with every special he does. I guess plays into a lot of people's fear that his language is dangerous. But I, in Dave's defense, I think he made it also very clear that if you watch through to the end, right, and don't get triggered and tune away, that he is really asking people to th- listen to what he is saying mm-hmm. and think about what he's doing up here. He doesn't just do it, even though this shit is for shits and giggles, he's not just up there for shits and giggles, right? Yeah. Like, he says several times, like, I'm asking serious questions, right? Like, I want to have serious discussions here, but in a jokey ha-ha kind of way. Yeah, like, I... Right? heard a couple of people talk about it and it's more just like at this point he's a social commentator with laughs he's doing his mark twain shit he's doing his george carlin shit yeah a lot of people have said that already um because he is that seasoned of a comedian and we it and we currently are in that kind of a climate right like where one other person who could do this type of comedy john stewart Yes, um, but I don't know if John could get away with the trans thing like Dave gets away. No, but like, I mean like this type of like oratory, oh, social yeah. commentary comedy, yeah, like long form type of yeah, thing like no, this. No, I yeah. agree with it. I agree with it. I think John's probably the only one who could do it um, besides Chappelle. Yeah, and his approach I feel like would be different from Chappelle's in the fact that it would be less crude, but still somehow just as absurd. Dave, and, I feel like... And just as controversial. But won't be as taken as controversially. No, because everything black people do is more controversial than their white counterparts. I do feel like Dave, however, is still one of the only comedians, and if not the only comedian, because this would have canceled, like I said, Jon Stewart, Trevor Noah, Joe Rogan oh, could yeah. never. <laughs> you know, Joe Rogan could never do this and I'm sure Joe Rogan will admit that he could never approach this shit the way Dave approached it right and I still say that because I feel like Dave really did approach this from a place of empathy right and I'm not just saying that because he said it but I feel like I felt that way from the beginning a lot of what he was saying did seem sincere to a degree, yeah. right? Like, even though it's all performance art, like, it still seemed like there was a point behind all of the perspective that he was putting forward. It didn't feel like it was all performance art, right? Like, it still felt like there was a point to the perspective that he was putting forward. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, because he's covering such heavy material, right? Such a heavy subject matter, Obviously, there's gonna be some pushback to what he's talking about. But I still feel like what he did, despite the hits and misses in the actual material, right? Because I'd still argue that some of the jokes just weren't funny. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. I feel like he perfectly demonstrated how to tell jokes about touchy subjects in today's day and age without being a total fucking asshole about it. Yeah. Right? Like, acknowledging that everybody is having a human experience and part of having a human experience is having funny shit happen to you. Right? Or 
being funny, right? Like, yep. Everybody's fallen. Everybody's walked into something. Everybody's fallen off of something. Yep. Right? Like, sometimes people do funny shit in moments where they're not trying to be funny. Yep. And that's what makes life special, right? There's That's what makes Curb Your Enthusiasm special, right? Like, and a lot of good TikToks. Because, like, exactly. Life is just fucking hilarious. Some of this funniest shit is unscripted in IRL. Kids say the darndest things. And sometimes people coming up to you because you're famous and you said a few off-kilter things about trans people do fucking hilarious shit to try and make you feel bad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Was his point. <laughs> Was his point. There's a lot to unpack with Chappelle it's, with this special, but honestly, I'll totally. need to watch it again to really, to really be able to, because it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, it was, but he perfectly walked you through it, I feel like, man. Like, even he did. Even when he was like, I haven't been saying anything about trans people this entire time. I've been talking about white people, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I was like... He's not wrong. If you really were listening to what he was saying, you would understand that he has been... He's been saying this shit since Chip. He's been talking to white people the entire fucking time. Yep. Ah, man. It was great, though. Um, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I I enjoyed it even though I felt like some of the jokes were misses, right? Yeah. Like... And not even from, like, offensive, just like, eh, not executed is that great. Right. And it, that could have just been off to the night that that shit got recorded, right? Yeah. Like, maybe that shit killed everywhere else he did it, except for that night. I still thought it was good. I still think it's worth a watch, at least for the discussion that's being had, right? If the right discussion was being had. Because the media, once again, is turning this into a discussion of, like, morality versus subject matter. Yeah, because right? at this point, Chappelle's, Chappelle's specials are no longer just, like, stand-up specials. They're more, like, cultural touchstones. But we still keep approaching it from, I guess, like, a mob mentality instead of, like, a collegiate mentality, which is what Dave is asking for for his crude humor which is ironic in itself yeah right but it's still worth it because of the way that he approached it so i do think like a lot of the think pieces and like you know the roastings that are going on on twitter are undeserved in the fact that i feel like a lot of those people didn't watch the stand-up special through its entirety yep. you know they watched the clips that came out like dave Chappelle says don't abort the baby and everybody is like oh great <laughs> what no i i argue that if you are even spending time like writing or going to respond to this shit that you actually watch the shit first yeah. like and i don't say that shit about a lot of stuff right like you know i i know i tend to play favorites towards certain things but it's because i feel like those things are often misunderstood in the way that they are represented because a lot of our representation of things isn't accurate so yup take that into consideration bam new segment take this into consideration <laughs>
There's a better title for that. We'll work on it. After this, break. Listeners who didn't wish to hear about such things should turn off their radios. do that <laughs> i can edit it all out i i mean my family yeah. thing is yeah no i was gonna say i'm not gonna say uh her mom is a QAnon supporter but she might be like borderline QAnon supporter yeah like QAnon enabler yeah it's not fun having to like navigate yeah that. i would say your mom is like a QAnon enabler she's not a QAnon supporter but she's like Right there she's, in she's, the fringe group that... She's probably a supporter, just doesn't... Remember that Vice article? She's one of those QAnon supporters who doesn't... Who wouldn't say, oh, I'm not QAnon. In the same way that Donald Trump's dad wasn't a KKK member, he was just on their donor rolls. Yep. Do you think your mom has bought a book from a QAnon writer? Probably. Damn. Like, uh, she'll buy books and, like, the back will have, like, a review. <laughs> a review. <laughs> and a barcode. Damn. No, like, publishing information or multiple reviews or, like, a synopsis. Just, like, a review and a barcode. It's getting serious. And the, the, the cover will have, like, a cross on it. And I'm like, well... Fuck. I told you about the Bible bomb, right? Oh, the, like, gift package that she left for y'all? Yeah, the Catholic the... crisis box. Yeah. And the thing is, is, like, when I was watching yeah. her, like, when I was, when I heard her, like, doing the rosary at her computer, and it just made me think, I was like, I don't understand faith based in fatalism and fear. <laughs> yeah, no, that's one of the things that always bothered me about that, like, the Scarlet Letter period, like, what, God, this is the Thomas Paine era or whatever the fuck it was, the Calvinistic shit, oh, yeah. like, the Reformation, and uh, not the Reformation, but yeah, the Calvinistic period, the fire and brimstone, like, you're all sinners, you're all going to hell, the only way to maybe make it to heaven is if you live the most boring life possible. <laughs> well, what would make you think that people wouldn't eventually, like, venture off in this, and I guess that's their point. It's right? like Romspringer. Everything is sin. The only thing that is holy is work. And it's no wonder that kind of mentality led people to believe that slavery was fucking okay. Right? Like, I'm sorry. Like, if that's what your faith is, then I have a problem. And I just don't get it. Like, I showed you this article, and it was by a priest teaching at... American University. So when you say this article, let our listeners know because, so you know, we are not on camera at the moment. Then my dad shared by Adam A.G. DeVille. And Shout out to Adam A.G. DeVille. Is teaching a class and uh, he was showing that he they were doing a gift exchange. Okay. And he was like, well, we're going to be doing this gift exchange with non-Christians as well. 
and the class basically clutching their pearls, like... <gasps> and as a student, one of the students said, as a Catholic, I don't see why I should have to read the works of anybody who doesn't have the letters ST in front of their names. Mm. Saying that if it's not sanctified, then it's not canon. Pretty much. Saying how it actually is... After Nicaea, all the wise thinkers of Christian tradition have recognized that demonization and dismissal of opponents are un-Catholic activities. Discernment and dialogue are quintessentially Catholic methods. So that was the argument that the professor was making. Yeah. Thomas Aquinas was a man who read lavishly, quoted non-English writers. He did so as proof just how Christian he is, of just how Catholic his intellectual methods are, for to be a Catholic is to be seeking after the good wherever it is found. See, what other podcast are you going to find a discussion of Dave Chappelle and Thomas Aquinas in the same fucking, like, that hour? St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Tom- excuse me. All I'm saying is, look no further. Like, <laughs> be not baffled. We are here to lead you into the light. <laughs> Anyway, what college was this? American University. American University. And what was the professor's name? Adam A.J. DeVille. Oh, okay, so he's the same dude that wrote the article. Yes. Editorial, I guess. They were talking about this metaphor of uh, the despoiling of the Egyptians. If those who are called philosophers, and especially the Platonists, have said aught that it is true and in harmony with our faith, we are not only not to shrink from it, but to claim it for our own use from those who have unlawful possession for it. For as Egyptians had not only the idols and heavy burdens which the people of Israel hated and fled from, but also vessels and ornaments of gold and silver and garments, which the same people, when going out of Egypt, appropriated to themselves, designing them for a better use, not doing this on their own authority, but by the command of God, the Egyptians themselves, in their ignorance, providing them with things which they themselves were not making a good use of. In the same way, all branches of heathen learning have not only false and superstitious fancies and heavy burdens of unnecessary toil, which every one of us, when going out of the leadership of Christ with the fellowship of the heathen, ought to abhor and avoid, but they contain also liberal instruction, which is better adapted to use of the truth and some most excellent precepts of morality. And some truths in regard even to the worship of one God are found among them. That was all one sentence. Wow. And it was a sentence packed with so much Catholic propaganda that (laughs) it was essentially hard for me to even like pay attention to at a point, right? But at the end, I like how he tied it up by saying that even with acknowledging like Egyptian appropriation or the appropriation of Egyptian idolatry for no like they're literal shit for what he like like the Jews ran from Egypt with Egyptian shit well not God was like take their shit well yeah exactly that's what I meant by Christian or the Catholic propaganda right aspect right but even acknowledging that right he still tied it up by saying like 
but let us not be so conservative in this fact that we can't like acknowledge that liberal morals of equality and equal representation are good because if it wasn't for the equal representation then we wouldn't be allowed to you know appropriate egyptian culture the fucking way we did to grandiose god in the same way that made you know it the brand that it is now or catholicism the brand that it is now but the despoiling of Egyptians means both that one takes what is good and that one leaves behind what is not. I'm trying to remember why we were talking about this. Pause it and run it back. Cool in reference to Okay, so we brought it up the article in reference to my mom because she's doing <laughs> she's because it's really frustrating because she's doing exactly the opposite of what the faith oh, that so, she's so fatalistically and fearfully devoted to okay. is even supposed to be doing. So what you're saying is even through all the Catholic propaganda, right, at the end of it, this professor is proclaiming that Catholicism should still approach humanity and human rights and equality from a liberal perspective. Yeah. Right. It's, and listen to other people's ideas. Right. And, you know, take from them. the it's Take it, what is good and leave what is not. Yeah. Um, I have an issue in the frame of perspective that that is being presented. Yeah, it kind of seems really raidery. Yeah. But... <laughs> That's not, you know, like I said, we don't have time to break down Catholic imperialism in today's episode. No. <laughs> and how that affects, you know, Christian fundamentalism as a whole. But with that being said, I do feel like, you know, even in reference to like the whole Dave Chappelle thing, it, it, you know, it, this I feel like is more akin to like, you know, the PC culture argument and being afraid to talk about controversial subject matter. This um, is not fear, this is rejection of, of controversial subject matter. Right? Not and even feel, controversial, just different. I feel like at its core, that is what is controversial, right? Is the fact that it is different. It's not what we are akin to, it's not what we're accustomed to, and it is not what is readily accepted in culture, right? Like, and let's not forget that it was only, what, 2012 that homosexuality and homosexual marriage was like legalized nationwide, right? Yeah. Like, that was in Barack Obama's presence. Yep. Right? There's still sundown towns in the United States. A lot right? of them in Missouri. And there's quite a few of them in Maryland. Right? Which is by DC, which is the capital of the country, which is supposed to have a democratic, liberalish president at hand right now. Right? You know, and Donald Trump's presidency kind of like exposed the festering underbelly that was prejudice in America. Yep. It, it never went away, it was just swept under the rug. It's the you astronaut know. meme. 
Wait, America's racist? Always has been. <laughs> honestly, honestly, right? Like the whole George Floyd incident really did force America to decide whether or not it was going to acknowledge the prejudice that was festering in its underbelly. Mm -hmm. And we still really haven't, right? Because we are in a place where the gay community can get the baby canceled while not acknowledging its own racism and racist past and racist yeah. heritage. You know what I mean? It's complicated and it's never not going to be complicated, right? And here in America especially, uh, I feel like, as well as across the globe, we like simple answers, right? And until we get a simple answer for this, everybody's exhausted, especially from the current issue at hand. We still can't people get people vaccinated, you know? Like we literally can't even agree on a solution to a problem that people can't agree is a real problem. We can't get people to agree that this is even a real fucking problem. So how the fuck are we supposed to solve racism if we can't even solve a fucking sickness? You know what I mean? How? I feel like that's kind of like one of the questions that Dave is proposing. Like how the fuck are we supposed to have these conversations when we can't even agree on what is a real fucking conversation? Well, guys, bye. Bye. <laughs> Urban Meyer, don't grind on chicks in your own bar. Weird. Yeah. Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. It is time to